So I'm here in my prayer room this morning and uh, I'm looking at Exodus chapter 12 verses 1 and as I'm just meditating on this passage I just feel that the Spirit is saying to me you need to record this as a prophetic word also for the church because in this there's some quite powerful symbols Um, so we'll just see how far we'll get and see what God is trying to say shall we. So I'm looking at Exodus 12 verses 1 and onward and it says and the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt saying. Now first thing we need to understand is theologically the church really in her current place and has been since since Christ died and rose again um, and he gave the spirit to his church. The church has always really been in a place of the wilderness. What do I mean by that? So if we look at the Exodus story we have the place where Israel were in bondage and in captivity then they were saved so to speak Then they were brought into the wilderness and there God made covenant with them. And there, you know, they had the signs and the wonders and the pillar of fire and the pillar of smoke and the tabernacle of God. And uh, and then eventually they came into the promised land. The promised land for us is when Jesus returns or where we go to glory. Now, obviously, prophetically, promised land can also be uh, places of destiny that God has for each one of us as well. I appreciate that. But what's interesting here is this is a really important time because in this moment Moses and Aaron are in the land of Egypt now they're believers they they are full-on believers in God I mean they've done already great signs and wonders over the land of Egypt God has used them in wonderful ways so that, that we can't look at this and say see well they're in Egypt this is when they're not saved we can't look at the parallel there so we have to just look and see what the scriptures are saying And so the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, this month will be the month of months or the beginning of months for you. Now, being in the land of Egypt, scripture uses various references to various types of things. So we're very familiar with Babylon or Rome or Egypt as being empires that are synonymous with oppression, um, captivity, bondage, enslaved. And this is a message that I think God wants to say to us today is that, you know, sometimes we are in the valley of the shadow of death. But God is with us and we do not need to fear any evil. And God wants to encourage us, the church, you personally, me personally, but also us corporately. He wants to encourage us today and he wants to say something important to us. You are in Egypt But I, the Lord your God, will deliver you from the land of Egypt. I'm going to release you from captivity. I'm going to release you from those chains that have bound you. I am going to smite and destroy the land of Egypt that I may let my people go. And this is important that Moses and Aaron came before Pharaoh and and said to him, let God's people go. But they refused. He refused. Pharaoh would not allow it. Absolutely not. You are not letting your, those people go. They're not God's people. They're my people. And I will do with them as I please. They will not be leaving. This, was, this is what Moses and Aaron had to contend with. And this is actually what the church has to contend with in the days in which we're in right now. Is that Rome, Babylon, Egypt, whatever you want to call today society, has got the church in many ways in her clutches. Some of that is through our own fault, but a lot of that is not down to our fault. You know, what about all those, especially young Christians that have come to faith 
and <clears throat> yeah, they're trying to get to church on Sunday because they but they can't because they they have a job they need the job but they've got zero contract uh, hours contract so that means that they're forced to work on days and hours that they wouldn't normally want to work they just have to otherwise there's no job you don't want to work Sundays you can't work here and so immediately little things like this puts pressure on Christians which in, inevitably forces them to compromise and do things that they wouldn't otherwise want to do. There are companies in America that are being forced by the state to do things that are against the conscience of those Christian companies because they're being mandated by the government to do it. So this is what I'm saying. So the church is very much, although she is in Babylon, she is in Egypt and she is in Rome, nevertheless, the church has been um, very much influenced and held by the culture around her. So just hold that in mind as we, as we work through this scripture, meditate through this. In verse two, it says, this month will be the beginning of months for you. It will be the first month of the year for you. And I feel the spirit is saying is like, you know, obviously this isn't the beginning of the Jewish calendar per se, because obviously their beginning of their year is at a different point. But it says here, this month will be the beginning of months for you. In other words, this is a day of days. This is where your calendar gets reset. This is the moment where from this moment onward, you are going to follow my timetable, my agenda, my calendar, and you're not going to follow the calendars of Rome or the agendas of Babylon or the precepts of Egypt. It's now God is setting his agenda and he's saying today, this month will be the beginning of months for you. This month will be a month of months. This day will be a day of days. And I want, I, I just feel the Spirit is saying that we are now entering a season where this is a time to mark your calendars, Christians. This is a time to mark your calendars because the Spirit is saying this is the time from when things are beginning to really change. Things are going to change from now in that the church is going to be released from captivity from her Babylon, from her Rome and from her Egypt. God is going to set the captives free. Hallelujah. And that's what, you know, you might be in a personal place of bondage right now to debt. You might be in a personal place of bondage right now to various circumstances that are going on in, in, in your employment or whatever. God wants to say to you and to his church that this system will no longer have a hold on his people anymore. That he's going to decouple the system from the church and the church will be decoupled from Rome, Babylon, Egypt, what have you, whatever you want to call it. This month will be the beginning of months for you. It will be the first month of the year for you. This will become the first month of the year for you. In other words, this is such a notable moment in your in your history that you will set your calendars by it. You will set your annual pilgrimages by it. You will set everything by this new calendar that God has set in place. Now, I'm not talking about a Jewish calendar here. I'm just talking spiritually that God is setting an agenda that you're going to see things happening to the nations that as a church, you can't be in consternation, you can't be in doubt and worry and unbelief about. You need to understand that the system is going to be decoupled so that you can go free. So Moses said, let my people go. And the system said, 
No, but now God is going to decouple the system from his people so that, so that God will be able to allow his people to walk into the wilderness. And in the wilderness, there are many signs and wonders. And we see the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of smoke by day. And God establishing his powerful covenant with his people. You might think, I don't really fancy the wilderness. Remember, they only stayed there because of their disobedience. They're only supposed to be there for 40 days, not 40 years. Before they entered into the fullness of what God had for them. And metaphorically, the promised land is when the church enters into fullness of all the prophecies that have been spoken over the church for the last, well, last few hundred years about this great end time revival. Now, some people say, where's that in the Bible? Because there will be a great falling away. Did you know that you can have a revival and a falling away at exactly the same time? They don't contradict each other. We know from the book of Joel that it says in the last days before the great and terrible day of the Lord, i.e. right up to the end of time, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. That was not fulfilled in the book of Acts. It was just a partial fulfillment and it was a quotation. But the context of that passage is for the end of time, for the end of age, for the end of the age before Jesus returns, the day of the Lord. But the scriptures all say there'll be a great falling away. Well, which is it? That's the trouble. Which is it? Greek thinking. Let me put it in a box. Which one is it? Did you know that right now here in the West, the church is, is in apostasy? It's moving away from the anchor of faith. Everyone in this country who's got eyes to see can see that the church has become apostate in these days. Yet, if I only have to look over the sea to places like China and Iran, etc., there are revivals going on there and the church is growing exponentially you know people use the book of revelation in an incorrect manner sometimes they say well look this is the laodicean church well you can't tar the whole church with the same brush because the church in the east quite clearly isn't dead it's very much alive the church in the east thinks the church in the west is dead because of what we like so if anyone has, has, uh, takes umbrage with the fact that there can be revival at the end of days and they, and they want to look at their Bible and say, no, there'll be a great falling away in the end of days, you need to understand both can be mutually true at the same time. It's not one or the other. That's your Greek way of thinking of things. Put this in this box, that in that box. It's either this or it's either that. It doesn't work like that. It's, you can have both at the same time. The church can be in revival and at the same time the church can be in a place of apostasy. That's how it's always been throughout history. Even in the early church, when revival took the early church and it just grew and grew and grew, apostasy was in the early church. So, verse 2. This month will be the beginning of months for you. It will be the first month of the year for you. Speak to the whole congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth day of this month they will take for themselves each man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. Now I just feel that the Spirit is saying that he's said what he wants to say. And so I want to just leave you with that, that this month, this season is the beginning of months. You mark your calendar by it. You mark your spiritual calendar knowing that the spiritual atmosphere is going to be changing from now on, that things are going to be changing in the heavenlies and on the nations around us, and that God is going to deal with the nations in such a way that the church will be decoupled from her. Now, for those churches that have too much of Rome in them, that have too much of Egypt and too much of Babylon in them, well, you need to be careful because you, you much of your structure will decouple with the systems of this world. 
and you will be in a very dangerous and difficult place. And some churches, sadly, in this day will not just decouple, but will collapse because most of their structures and most of what they stand for are based on Rome, Egypt, uh, or Babylon, instead of being based on the things of the kingdom and the word of God. Those churches will fall in this day and in this hour. And indeed, you'll see many churches, big, powerful churches, will literally just crumble. This will be a time of consternation for many Christians, but you need to take encouragement in this. This is because those, those churches that are falling are ones that have too much of Babylon in them. They have too much of Rome in them, too much of Egypt in them. And as God decouples the systems to release the church, to let his people go, if the church has too much Rome in it, too much Babylon, too much Egypt in it, those churches sadly will fall as well. So in this time, when you see consternation, even among the nations, Christians, you need to know this. This is what the Spirit of God is saying to you. He is saying God is decoupling the church from the state. God is decoupling the church from the state. That means don't look to the state for your welfare or for your comfort or your consolation because the wealth, the system is going to collapse. The system is going to fall. This is actually for the church's sake, that she can be set free so that she can bring about this glorious revival that God wants to bring to this nation. Because he doesn't want to harm Great Britain, although he needs to, in the beginning, chastise her and humble her so that then she will turn to him and repent. Without that, this nation will not turn. It is through born of adversity and consternation that this, this coming revival will come about. It won't be like in the past where everything was just great and God just moved anyway. It won't be like that. It will be the best of times. It will be the worst of times. This revival that's coming is so huge and so dramatic and powerful. The church has to be ready for it, but she has to be set free from the systems of this world. She cannot be coupled to it any longer. The irony of this um, bondage of Egypt or Rome or Babylon, what have you, is that the church has willingly shackled herself to these systems. And in this hour, those shackles are going to be removed and the systems pulled down. And I feel the Spirit is saying as well that do not criticise and do not be glad when you see churches fall, lest such an impact fall on you. Do not look to others. Do not look at others and say, ha, they had that coming. But that is not your place to judge. It is not your place to say. If anything, you should weep and mourn. You should weep and mourn that your brothers and sisters who have fallen into error, rightly or wrongly, through ignorance or through their own willful machinations, you should not you should not rejoice over the fall of your brothers and sisters. You might say, oh, well, they're not my brothers and sisters. They're apostate. It doesn't take much to become an apostate. It doesn't take much to slip from the anchor of truth and start drifting away. It doesn't take much to become a backslider. So do not rejoice at the downfall of churches and do not rejoice at the, at the falling of your brother. If anything, weep for them. This is going to be a very serious and somber time that we're coming into now. But the Spirit of God would say to you, know that these things must happen. And this is a word of encouragement for you and a word of blessing for you. I am decoupling you from the system and I'm decoupling the system from you because it's time for my people to be let go. And when they go out, that's when I will start to move by my Spirit. 
So church, stop looking at the world for your hope. Stop looking at to the world to, to the world for your welfare. I am the one that will sustain you in the wilderness. I will feed you with heavenly manna. Don't think about, well, what about how we're going to pay for this and how we're going to do, do this and how are we going to do that? It's time to turn your focus off the things of the world and back onto the things of the spirit and set your eyes and fix your eyes on Jesus for he is the author, the perfecter and finisher of your faith. Be blessed with these words.